This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. So let's go to our lightning round, uh, which is presented by Data.World, the data catalog for your successful cloud migration. And I'm going to go first. So uh, we talked a lot about the data dictionaries. Um, so is the data dictionary going to go away so to have this new thing, or is it just going to be an expansion? Like the same dictionary we have today, it's not going to change, just a little bit slight, slight thing, or it needs to be revamped? No, just, just ever so slight expansion. It already tells you the type. Uh, all I'm asking for is it for me to tell... Uh, for it to tell me the complex type as well, if it knows what that is. Otherwise, just tell me the primitive type. Nice. So embracing data dictionary, taking it to the next level. Yeah, exactly. All right. Second question. If we truly solve semantics and context around data, can we get to a point, you think, where things like data integration are automatic because that context is just so pro prolific? Or is that a pipe dream? Uh, I, I think you can get 80% of the way there. Like I'm a huge believer in the 80, 20 rule, um, and data integration is so freaking hard today. Right. And we spend so much time and money on it. That's what I'm trying to solve for here is let's, let's solve the 80% grunt work of that. We solve 80%. We make a lot of people happier. Right. Yeah. We still need the consultants and stuff to go to that 20%, right? Well, absolutely. <laughs> There's a business there. <laughs> you don't take all the business away. All right. So third question. Uh, do all the semantic standards that we need already exist? We just need to embrace them, learn them, popularize them? Or is there stuff that's actually not out there yet that we still, still needs to be defined? Uh, interesting, uh, interesting question. I think, I think, yes, all the semantic standards exist for, for the base level of implementation here. I think if, if this actually got traction you'd probably see kind of son of shackle or, or or daughter of shackle that was more around the profile of the data and allowing you to describe the profile of the data which shackle doesn't at least it's been a while but i don't think it really it's shackles more sort of declarative and deterministic on the way it describes the data right now um all right well Fourth question, last question. Are you a fan of the buzz around semantic layer driven especially by DBT and you know those folks or are you kind of disappointed in it, uh, concerned by it? What's your adjective? Um, it, <laughs> I, that semantics doing a lot of work in, the, in that marketing speak. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of any use of the word semantic that doesn't include machine readability because to me, the whole, like, how can we be so far down this, this AI uh, road and not have like really addressed that? It blows my mind. So no, it, unless we, unless we would, we mean by that machine readability, not a fan. Hmm. Good, that good, is uh, a very important takeaway right there. Um, I'm marking that as mint 49, something you just said. That's a very, <laughs> that's, a, that's an honest, no bullshit right there. Commentary on what is semantic layer. <laughs> All right. I mean, Dan, I told you we can keep talking for this uh, topic, yeah, right? topic for hours and hours, but it's time to go to our takeaways. Tim, take us in with your takeaways. 
Awesome. Takeaway time. So um, we started off with kind of, you know, what's what's this uh, this blog post you wrote, right, uh, about, you know, needing to uh, uh, to really expose the greatest sin of tabular data. Um, and you really pointed to the fact that, um, you know, why does it take so long for us to do our data engineering? And, uh, you know, it, it kind of all points back to the tabular database being very limited in the context that you can describe. You can describe these primitive types, float, integer, string, um, and then and then you maybe you're going to create a PDF or something like that, uh, which has documentation or imagery and things like that. But that's human readable, uh, you know, not machine readable. And if it, if it is machine readable, it's barely so and, and lacking context, right? Um, and really, uh, it's not just a float, right? It's a unit of measurement. It's uh, barrels of oil per day, and this context it sits above the data and if we can connect this um, and if we can write the uh, you know this uh, uh, we'll be able to do things like write the code that actually uh, provides uh, the conversion for us um, and it's an opportunity you said to cut down on this whole 80% of data science is the is the plumbing and the janitorial work and things like that we can really make a huge dent in this and uh, what are the semantics um, uh, that, that you're missing? Like right now, often the data is being used in like oil and gas. These are like the production data sets. Um, but you have to talk about these things in terms of units of measurement, in terms of the specific definitions. Um, and, uh, you know, the way that we're doing it right now is too simplistic. You, you have to be able to do more and it has to be more um, declarative, right? More binary where like it can never be negative. Uh, you know, here's the confidence interval. Uh, it should always be this type. And, uh, and you talked about, um, automation is not some sort of a silver bullet here. Um, it helps. It provides additional context. You can get that fingerprint. It's not wasted work for sure. It's part of the overall equation. Um, but, uh, there's more that needs to be done that involves humans and, and there has to be a, a process where humans are involved. And so we talked a little bit about scale. Well, how do you scale that human involvement? And, um, you said that, uh, you know, companies like S and P, um, have, uh, incentives that really make the data that to make the data, uh, usable as fast as possible. Um, and those incentives are important. And uh, so if you think about things like Swagger and saying, hey, you know, you got to create Swagger documentation, um, you know, you got to think about similar things in the world of, uh, of semantics and the data dictionary. Really think of semantics as an extension of data governance. Um, and, uh, and then we kind of started to then get into how do you agree on how to do that, right? Uh, back, in the, back in the day, the data dictionary was this concept that kind of came out. Um, but, um, you know, it wasn't fully executed. Uh, and especially when things like big data came out, um, it also uh, made this a challenge, right? It came with a data dictionary, but it was not something people could use very easily. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just a whole bunch of opportunity here for improvement. And it can be simple, right? And you pointed to a very simple opportunity, which is, what if you just have the ability to have an extra field that points as a reference to something else, right? And then now you have your identifier. Um, all of a sudden the game changes. And so I think that's an interesting opportunity here. And then I'll toss the baton over to you, uh, Juan, to continue. Yeah. So we're talking about how technology may fall short here. I think as a standard, I mean, the world 
in this data world, we have the relational model as a main standard uh, where but innovation in the, in the relational database world has been more mainly about storage and compute, right, vectorization, but they are not solving this hard problem of interpretation of semantics, right? Uh, and there seems to be this gap between the semantic world and this relational world. I haven't found a common ground. You did highlight that CSVW. Take a look, csvw.org, right? CSV is a the CSV on the web standard that the W3C has, and it's a way of showcasing how this overlap is starting, how it is overlapping. Um, and then, uh, but as an industry, right, we love to solve the same problems over and over again, right? We did uh, uh, Corba, I hear Corba, I, I, I got introduced <laughs> to Corba like in 2003, four. I don't know, that was weird. But creating another layer of abstraction, like that's always a more intellectual challenge. You want to go work on those things. And, and, and I guess that's kind of why we reinvent the wheels a lot. But what we really need is to make semantics first-class citizens. That's the important thing and make that part of the data dictionary because yeah, we can go solve this with any other tech, but we need to make the first class citizens because by doing that, we can have that network effect. And I think that's a very clear key takeaway here is that we wanna be able to have that network effect just like the web has it. And I think Tim brought a very insightful kind of observation here is it's, it's the one plus one is greater than two because traditionally we think about one plus one is two or often one plus one is less than two because we have that debt in there. Um, and we've always thought about the standards, right? Who will stand the test of time, ASCII, Unicode, SQL. So we really need to be able to, to, to build on the shoulders of those giants. And I think that's why tapping into this uh, SQL, extending that a little bit, by right? having that column that says see also and point to that URI is gonna is, is, is a very small lift and, and you're already making a first class citizen right there. Um, so seems like a very simple solution. And But how do we get this? Uh, your, call, your call for arms here is, hey, if you buy into this, especially if you're a big company that has a pull with all these vendors, throw your blog post at them, right? Don't forget the blog post is called The Greatest Sin of Tabular Data. You should Google that. Uh, throw that blog post at them and ask them what they're gonna, if they're going to go do with this. And if you work at a company, throw this, uh, it, it, your consumed data from some data company, throw it, at, throw it at them too. And I think at the end of the day, people will start seeing the money and the first mover advantage around that. And, and by having these semantics, it's, I mean, it's about reducing time. It's about reducing risk. We can start automatically generating more of these IT artifacts and then start tying it more to, 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 to direct making money and saving money. Uh, Dan, how did we do? What, uh, what yeah, you nailed it, guys. It's pretty, pretty good coverage. Well, I mean, it's all your content here. So. <laughs> <laughs> so let me throw it back to you. Three final questions, Dan. One, what's your advice? Second, who should we invite next? And third, what resources do you follow? Yeah, um, so my advice is when you're doing a podcast, move around more so the occupancy sensor doesn't turn off the light in the office here. Um, <laughs> and, 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 but more importantly, um, you know, I, I, I've been in, in this career for almost 30 years now. And what I've learned is you've got to enjoy what you do uh, and do what you enjoy. Uh, life's too short not to and and i know this this might sound kind of completely hackneyed but man like i just love this stuff and and so it's easy to talk about and it's easy to kind of just geek out on this and keep going after it and and you know it's just fun right and that's that's hopefully that comes across um who should we invite next or you guys should invite next um you know i, I want to recommend my good friend uh, giuseppe saltini he's based in the uk um Juan, I was trying to remember if you've ever met him. I think you might have, um, but he he was like uh, my my one of my big semantic guys at Thomson Reuters. 
And he's one of those ones. Uh, he's the rare breed who can talk the semantics and talk the business. And uh, there's, you know, in our semantic community, sometimes we kind of lose the plot a little bit when we talk to the business. So he does that real good. And then the final question you had was, what resources do I follow? Um, I'm pretty boring on this stuff. Um, it's, I was thinking about it when you sent me that question through. It's uh, Daring Fireball. I just love the way John Gruber writes. Um, and, and like, if you ever want to figure out how Apple thinks, you just read what he, he writes, and it's pretty much there. Um, I'm, I'm a huge, huge uh, um, blockchain skeptic. So I'm loving Web3 is going just great. That blog that turned up uh, uh, earlier this year or late last year. Um, and of course, like FTX happening today, right? So, so I, it's, it's good to be, uh, you know, get confirmation bias from that blog. Um, Ars Technica is wonderful. Uh, their coverage of so many things is really, really good and in depth. And then um, one that uh, if you're in the UK, you probably know, which is good for basic tabloid level it coverage is the register um which i i love those guys um and their their writing is just just the right level of uh of humor this was great content for us to go follow and thank you so much for that. uh and i do encourage everybody uh go google the greatest sin of tabular data uh and you will be very happily surprised to see what shows up there some seo going on there <laughs> All right. Well, next week, we're going to have uh, Teresa Kushner from NTT Data, and we're going to be talking about uh, are the data teams actually keeping up with the AI teams? Uh, so that's our topic for next week. And with that, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, as always, thanks, Data.World, who lets us uh, keep doing this every single Wednesday at Catalog and Cocktails. Dan, Tim, thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers, Dan. Cheers.